What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Drew Drake, up in the building, and I'm joined by Mr. David Wise for another edition of Locked on Cinemals, your first listen each and every day, and your favorite daily Florida State Cinemals sports podcast. Dave, tell the people what we're talking about today. Well, we got a new transfer today, Drake. We're going to be talking about new running back transfer, Trey Benson. Um, that conversation could go any number of places, talking about possibly what's left in the class, what we think of the coaches uh, and the take of a running back transfer. And then, of course, we got to end with a recently resurgent Florida State basketball. Yeah, as you are so right about that. Actually, we're recording right now, actually, as the Duke game is going on. But thank you so much for the love and support, guys, as always. And without further ado, let's get on with the show. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It's your boy, Drew as I said earlier at the top of the show. I am joined by Mr. David Wise. Davey, what's good and good looking? It's been a while. Loving this cold weather, Drake. Uh, it's my time of the year. I don't like it when it's too hot. Can only take so many clothes off. Can always put more clothes on. Yeah, you are a, you are a snowbird, man. But we are not here to talk about the weather channel or the weather how it feels right now. That's a different podcast for a different day. We are here to talk about actually Florida State officially landing four-star transfer running back Trey Benson out of the portal from the Oregon Ducks. And yesterday, Max and I kind of touched on how we felt if he felt of the actually the the recruitment of Trey Benson and Dave, I kind of want to get your take on it, but like how you feel about this take and then how, and then also how do you feel that FS is going to be able to utilize him in this offense? Okay. I want to start this off by saying, I don't want to root against anybody that comes to play football for Florida state, especially on scholarship. I want everybody that comes here to do good because I want our team to get better because I want our team to be as good as possible. This take confuses me. Um, it's not that the running back room was so well settled. We talked last week about that. We weren't sure exactly what it was going to look like as a rotation. But also, it's it's not like we were so devoid of any running backs in the room that we had to take one. In fact, it was probably one of the lowest positions of need in the entire class. So we take a running back. Okay, well, that's. That's questionable in and of itself to me, but it's not just that. We, If we're going to take a running back, you think we're going to take one with a lot of production, hopefully. Okay, so this guy, you know, he's only played one year, not a lot of production. Okay, whatever, maybe the potential's there. Well, you think to yourself then next, okay, well, he's got to have two healthy knees, right? <laughs> no, not right. So we take a guy who I, I hope he kills it at Florida State, but... To this point, is that a position we didn't need to take with not a lot of production coming in and injuries to overcome? I really don't understand it, and we'll get to this later probably, but there's other positions that I keep scratching my head about whether the coaches understand we have needs at. Yeah, no, I think it kind of echoes some sentiment of me and Max, I think, from yesterday, where that if you were going to take a running back, where I'm in the opposite camp, uh, I actually do think you need to take a running back to replace someone like a Jason Corbin. I'm still of the belief that I think Tristan Ward needs like another full year before he can actually take a stranglehold on the RB one position. I mean, but you, I mean, you're not the only one in your camp. I think Dupree Hundo, I think, has commented several times where 
you have a very solid backfield with Ward, Lawrence Delfeely, and Jakaita goes as well, you know, coming out and of Rodney backfield. Hill coming in. And Rodney Hill coming in. But to me, this I am skeptical about, you know, he is coming off a big knee injury. I think yeah. he said to himself that everything was torn, I think, besides his PCL. And but to me, I mean, Max made a good point yesterday where when you do your lateral movements, that's typically what's mainly with if you're kind of that scattish back, that kind of versatile, you know, electric, you know, or uh, Ladane Thomas, that kind of back. But he's not. He's more of the bulldozer, the 215-pound, one. He's a bowling ball. He runs downhill. And to me, that's someone that that's something that I'm actually fine with. And also, for one of the few things that Mike Norvell has been really good at and shown is that he actually does have an eye for high-quality running backs. He does. But what you just described in what he provides as a running back, I feel like we literally have that on the roster. DJ Williams. We haven't seen a lot of him either. What we have seen of him uh, especially in spring last year, was just eye-popping to me. During the season, he didn't get a lot of looks. So he, a lot like Benson, is kind of unproven in terms of what they can do at Florida State, though the potential's there. I just don't understand why the need for duplicity there when, for example, we don't have a backup quarterback. And we'll touch on that actually probably in the next segment, but I do kind of understand how you kind of have two power backs. But the thing is, maybe maybe there are rumblings around that, you know, the running back room might not be having all the players that we have currently on there. We all know there's going to be more attrition in the portal after tour duty finishes up after the spring game. I just saw last year. I mean, Dylan Gibbons was a transfer that came in. He didn't come in until May 10. And Andrew Parchman also didn't come in until probably, what, J- July? I think uh, at the earliest I think it was. So to me, this is someone that you kind of take a, a risk on for developmental purposes. But like I said yesterday, I don't know if Mike Neville has enough time for that. So then I kind of want to ask you then before we, you know, we move on to the actual the remaining needs for the entire team. What do you think? How do you think we're going to actually utilize a trade Benson? Do you think we're going to bring, bring him slowly along and kind of get, get him acclimated to the playbook? Do you see him as a, one of the goal line backs? Kind of how we had Jason Corbin in the Wildcat kind of offense. Like, what do you see with Trey, Trey Benson? Because he before he was there, he was a dynamite in high school and he played yeah. pretty well at Oregon. No, for sure. Yeah. If you watch his high school tape, he was super explosive too, uh, which for a bigger guy is awesome. It reminds you a lot of Jay Sean Corbin in that regard, a bigger guy that can still move. Um, but I don't know what the happening of DJ Williams this last year confuses me because I thought he was going to get an awful lot of playing time, especially not knowing Trey Sean Ward would play the way he did. Jay Sean Corbin has moved on. There is like we talked about last week, kind of a hole at the RB1 position. We don't know exactly, I don't think, who the starter is in Mike Norvell's mind or if there is a definitive starter. I think Ward is, but I'm not sure. Um, So I think there's definitely going to be, if he's healthy, opportunities to get in the rotation. But, I mean, if it's anything like DJ Williams, I don't expect him to get a ton of carries. And if, if he is getting a ton of carries, then obviously... Norvell can take a victory lap because he was very right or we've had huge problems at the position because it's like four deep right now I just I don't Rodney Hill I feel like was a good running back taking this class I'd like to see him I don't know how we're gonna do you really really want to see an 18 year old with like and we've we've already said numerous times that Lawrence Ophelia didn't you know put on the weight he was very you know, like, you know, smaller for stature for a running back. Do you really want to see an 18-year-old just, just jump right in there right away above a Lawrence Taylor for a kind of similar reason? Well, look, I mean, again, we don't know who RB1 is. We do know that Jordan Travis is going to run the ball a lot. So we already have kind of a run game that we know to exist. The question is going to be, what do we do to supplement the run game that our quarterback creates? I don't know. We have five guys in the room now uh, to, I guess, figure it out. Trayshawn Ward, I think I have a good idea about. Um 
aside from that, I don't know. I don't know that this adds anything to the room that we didn't already have. I hope it does. I really do. I just don't think it does. I think, I mean, I think we all do. I mean, we did, we do already have a very solid, capable, you know, quality of backs, as we said before. I just think that Trey Benson probably does give you a little bit more depth, but I kind of do agree with you where I don't, I would have liked to grab somebody like, you know, a bigger name, but as people have pointed out, like, you're not going to get big names like a Noah Kane. You're not going to get big names like a Trace Anderson. People are saying are gonna, is going to enter the portal, but most likely he's not going to enter the portal. You're not going to get a Henry Parrish. You're not going to get those big names because it's basically just because you want a kid doesn't mean a kid wants to go to play for you right now, especially with the state of the program right now. Yeah, well, well, again, let's get to a next segment after the break, but we had other positions we could have taken players at, quarterback, offensive line, linebacker. I just don't get it. Oh, we'll discuss that. But before we do, folks, let me tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Dave, what's your favorite flavor of Built Bar, by the way? Tell the folks now. Cookie dough. Always. Everything. He loves cookie dough. Whether it be toothpaste, whether it be Built Bars, whether right. it be ice cream, he is a big cookie dough kind of guy. I'm a Cherry Barcia boy myself. And then, you know, Max is a peanut butter brownie kind of guy. But if you folks, if you don't like those three, there are 19 delicious flavors to choose from. I also got a uh, text message from Built Bar themselves telling me that the churro puffs are now back on sale. And you know your boys about to grab some of those. So head over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 50% off your order. And once again, go to Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off of your order today. And we're back. And now, Dave, you've alluded to several times how you feel that there are other remaining on this team. And I kind of agree with you there. And I... I am of the belief that we should not be done with the portal. And honestly, we shouldn't be done until probably around June. So yeah. what do you what do you see as remain needs actually for this team moving forward? Well, the the biggest elephant in the room that for the life of me, I just don't understand is the backup quarterback position. It is it is ideal if we get a backup quarterback and they never see a snap because that means Jordan Travis has both played well and stayed healthy. Hopefully we get somebody that never plays. However, Jordan Travis has shown that he's going to put his whole body on the line just about every play and probably going to get hurt at some point doing it. So it is imperative that we get a backup quarterback who can go in and compete to win games, not just literally be a warm body taking the snap behind center and hopefully not getting killed before the end of the play. I mean, when 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 Jordan Travis wasn't in the game this past year, it it felt like we knew we weren't going to win or we weren't trying to because we knew we couldn't. Um, that can't be the case next year because this is a put up or shut up year for Mike. And given that, it's really confusing to me that we've seen several quarterbacks enter the portal. And it seems like not only are we not, obviously we haven't landed one, but it just seems like we haven't shown any interest or identified the need to really focus on that position. And it just confuses the hell out of me. There's some more positions, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on what else, what's second and third if quarterback isn't first for you. Uh, but yeah, that's number one for me. Yeah, to me, I, I think QB is number one on the list primarily because we do need a, a competent backup to actually, just in case JT does go down. Um, to me, the one big thing with it, it, JT has all the talent in the world with his legs. He did prove a lot of people, including myself and you yep. two, yep. with his arm. I would like to see him throw a little more anticipation, but that's something that also he can learn over an offseason. I just don't know if he's ready to be able to play a full season fully healthy or even close to fully healthy and be able to play every single game. 
because you're right. The offense didn't just didn't just perform poorly when he was out of the game. The offense was not existent. Surrendered. It was, it's that's a better way to put it. The offense surrendered when he wasn't in the game. He's very integral to the success of this team and Mike Norvell's tenure at Florida State. And then behind that, I would love another like tackle to come in personally. I yeah. do think the offensive line, because we saw last year when the offensive line was fully healthy and all together, they were decent. They actually yep. were pretty solid. But yep. when someone one person went down, you had people suffering out, people suffering to other spots. You had Bray Scott in the game too as well. I think Murray Smith played a lot of the games like super hurt. Same thing with Robert Scott. So I would love to see another lineman taken out of the portal. Just maybe even for a death piece, because I would love for someone, or maybe a swing lineman, because I would love for be able to not to start panic or not to start throwing out throwing out some plays from the playbook when someone goes down the offensive line. Yeah, you can never have too many good offensive linemen, and I think we're gonna do we're gonna continue to do a lot of figuring out as Atkins shakes this shapes this unit up. Uh, but offensive linemen are gonna get injured. Uh, that's, that's almost a guarantee. You're just not going to have your starting five out there for the whole year. Um, and again, just like the quarterback position, we got to be able to put guys in there where when they're in, we know we can't run a certain play or we know we can't run to a certain side or throw to a certain side. Can't let that happen. And again, put up or shut up year for Mike, um, beyond offensive line there's, there's still more. It's not like it's just quarterback offensive line, right? Like we took Tatum Bethune at the linebacker spot. That was a great pickup. I expect him to start right away. That's not it though. That doesn't solve the linebacker position. Not only just like a depth issue, but I still don't think all of our starters are where we'd like them to be. So I would love to see us take another linebacker transfer that can compete for a starting job. I agree with that. I actually, would, I actually do love the pickup from Tatum Bethune. I was with my brother this past weekend. He's a UCF grad. and he, Yeah, I actually love everything about Tatum Bethune. He was probably going to be their defensive captain coming this coming year, actually, at UCF before he actually did transfer out. I would love another pickup because I do love Kalen Deloach. I think Didi Lundy, I think, is star, starting to round out for his specific role as a thumper around the middle. And then you have a Margana for good death, but I would love just, you know, one more piece of the puzzle. I would say maybe another defensive end, primarily just for depth issues, for also yeah. just you know continually rotating players in and out. I will agree that Jared Verse is a slam dunk of a get. That's a kid that is going to be a monster and a terror in the trenches for years and years to come. So for me, like we said, I think QB is number one. I we, I would love for us to go out and grab. Grab this. I was perplexed that we didn't go, go out and grab a Casey Thompson because he's a very similar skill set. Casey Thompson was Texas, Texas quarterback that just committed to Nebraska. That's someone I would love would have loved to grab. But it goes for me: QB, offensive lineman, linebacker, and another defensive end piece. And I was just gonna say, I want to keep. I want to continue that little exercise. Keep that list going. What What is the list of absolute top position of need to very bottom? I want you to finish this list. Okay, so so we had QB, lineman, linebacker, defensive end. I would like a tight end, honestly. Yep. I think it's another one too. Keep going. But I but I think Johnny Wilson can fill actually can fill that out a lot more better than most wideouts. I think he's a really really damn good player. Um, probably after that, I would probably go kicker. Because special teams thing, guys, I think is one is something that kind of has bugged us for a very long time. And then maybe last DB because I love the young DBs we have. Isaiah Thomas, I think is going to be a steal come for us. Next so year. that's last is you've just named from top to bottom, right? You still left something out, so it's even last than last. It's running back. That's the whole friggin' point of what I'm saying. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, last <laughs> less than last. Jesus Christ. Well, I I did that because now we have a running back, Dave. So you know we're good. We have four running backs, and we have the a list have a, looked the same yesterday. And we have a PWMC to Campbell, who's going to be the next creation on War, bro. We're going to be good. We're going to be solid. But I do get your point, though. Where like I think that I think 
Mike understands that he does need to do a little more with the portal. It's just it feels kind of weird the prior, the way he's prioritizing certain positions because I do think a QB, better QB play is going to make us to a nine-win team next year. I think right now we have the potential to be an eight-win team. That's kind of what we had did in our, in our exercise yesterday. But nine wins, I think, is a lot more easily attainable if we have a backup quarterback and pedigree QB that could supplant Jordan Travis, even though I do love Jordan Travis coming next year. Yeah, or, or again, in a season where if we don't win eight games, whether or not it's justified, you're going to hear a lot of people calling for Mike Norvell's head. And if you're going down the list of what do we really need to give us the best chance to get to eight wins, man, there's a lot on that list above running back. Um, we're going to need our defense to be good. We lost two most prop, two of the most important players on the defense. Tried to replace them. Jared Burst, great pickup. Still could use some more, though. And linebacker still, and offensive line, and quarterback. You could just, the list, the list isn't short. We still need people to give us the, a great shot to make a pretty big leap to an eight-win team. And I don't know... That the, I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just confused. Real confused. I will say in Mike's defense, one, is January 18th. And you could still pick up transfer portal players until May, until probably May or June. I know. So right now we're kind of, me and Dave are a little being a little more, a little negative nances here. But it's super early. It's There's nothing else to talk about offseason. So this really is what we're going to be doing. Just, you know, analyzing the team as much as we can. But also... He did convince Jamie Robinson to come back, which is a yeah. huge pickup of the safety spot. For sure. He, we, he did pick up Fabian Lovett also to stay, also to stay yep. too, as well for another year, which is, um, to me, probably even bigger than Jamie Robinson because totally. Fabian Lovett set the tone actually up the middle. And to me, it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how we settle out actually with the portal because Mike, for one thing, actually has done a great job with the portal. And as much as I said, you know, that he has a lack of urgency or conservativeness, he does have the number two transfer class actually in the country right now for 2022 behind LSU. And it's and that's only because LSU has one more player. So, yeah, I, and so I think I, in his defense, it is super early to kind of like make a call right now. We're not doing that, but we're just trying to see how we're taking it on a day by day basis right now with how he's doing. I just want to clarify, and I think I speak for myself and all of us at times when we're negative. We're just pointing out things that that could be seem like they could be better. We anytime we say something negative, especially me, I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope I have to eat cr- a giant plate of crow. And everything Mike Norvell does turns out to be right. And he never loses another game. And Florida State wins every national championship ever. Obviously, I hope that happens. Just there are still some things you can be critical of, regardless of what you still wanting the best interests of the team. Like you're not being negative does not mean you don't want us to win. Oh, no, exactly. And I'm right. And I think we I think all three of us are kind of that's what we try to do with the show. That's how we enjoy ourselves. That's basically it helps us get through the dark times because right That's now how this started. Dark <laughs> that is literally how it started. For those of you that don't know, we were Knowles Anonymous first. We were a support group helping Florida State fans, you know, you know, get through the Florida State fandom. And that's how we landed up over here. But listen, we all want FSU to do well. Just, you know, it's off season. But listen, we're here to have a good time. And now we are here to discuss basketball. But before we turn over to the hoops, let me remind you guys about our friends over at NetSuite. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're earning your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Folks, NetSuite by Oracle is the number one cloud financial system to power your goods. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite for the new year. NetSuite has a new financing program for this ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked, L-O-C-K-E-D. So head on over to netsuite.com slash locked 
for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses at netsuite.com slash locks. And folks, 93% of survey businesses have increased the visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. So head on over today to get ahead of the curve. Now that we have the gridiron out of the way, Dave, I'm going to hand the reins off to you because, you know, this is a little bit more. This is our baby, but I feel you have a better grasp on the FSU hoops team as of right now. Dave, what's going on right now with FSU basketball? Drake, Florida State is coming off an impressive run. Um, a, a couple of weeks ago or even a week ago, I think that we sat down and we were just depressed about the state of this team. Um, it's not that we thought that this team couldn't do good. It's that a lot of the questions that we had and the doubts that we had about a fairly unproven team either seemed to be right or it just seemed like we wouldn't figure it out in time this year. Um, we bounced back, obviously, with two two important wins in a row. Uh, first of all, we beat a Miami team that I said we were going to beat. Uh, you suck in an extremely close game that I thought we should have won by a lot more than one point. But uh, we followed that up with a good win over Syracuse. Uh, those are those are two good back to back conference wins, especially beating Syracuse on the road um, and. We're coming into we're coming into a big show me week after after you're coming off two wins and you're getting to 10 and five on the season and you're, I think, up to fourth in the ACC. You're at a pivotal point right now in the season where it feels like, OK, maybe you've started to figure some things out on the court. Maybe the chemistry is getting better. Maybe maybe some of maybe Leonard Hamilton is finally starting to get through to these kids. And this week. You can really blow that or you can really cement your status atop the ACC for yet another year. Drake, three games in five days coming up. That's a tough slate. It doesn't matter who you're playing, but who are we playing and what do you expect? How did I reach these kids? That's literally what it, I thought of when you took Coach Ham. I talked to the kids. No, I think we'll see. We played Duke. <laughs> we played Duke tonight as of this recording, you know, Oof. yesterday as we were listening. I mean, I, I was with J.J. Jackson for Locked on Blue Devils earlier this week to discuss the game. I'm of the belief that Duke will probably beat us by 8 to 10 points because that Duke team is very talented with Paolo Banchero and Wendell Moore. And also, it's Coach K's last year. They're kind of like on that revenge tour from the past season where they fell sort of immense expectations. And then we play a Miami team who actually, as of right now, last time I checked, they've, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're beating UNC by 25 points. Something yeah, along those lines. It's not. It's not good. And and don't forget, sandwiched in between those, we have a game against UNF on Thursday. So, oof, the yeah. tough, tough Ospreys. Jesus. Yeah, th- this this Duke team is one of the best of the last decade. It, this is this is definitely a heat check game for us. I don't go into this expecting to win. If we win, it's icing on the cake for us. Um, if we keep this competitive, I know Miami just beat them, and I know we just beat Miami. So like. Do the math, like hang hangover math. Transitive but, property. Right, right. Love you took it just this away. But no, this this Duke team is ridiculous, and they I expect them to be coming into this game pissed off and ready to prove a point. Duke typically has not done well recently in Tallahassee, and so we have that going for us. But one of these two teams is more talented than the other, and I expect to see that play out on the floor against Duke. Um, yeah, that's... I, I I don't like being I don't like being that guy, but I would I would give almost any number of points in that game. Um, and this you'll know the result by the time you're listening to this. But hopefully I'm wrong. 
And then, like you said, we'll get to Miami and I'll let you talk about that. UNF, I know it seems like that's got to be a gimme. That That's going to end up being a must-win game. You you can't, if we, if we go out and lose to Duke or we go out and win against Duke, you can't follow that up with a dud against UNF. It almost seems like a trap game sandwiched in between two conference games. And if regardless of what we do against Duke, but especially if we lose, have to win that game going into another game against a Miami team higher on than I am. Yeah, I'm actually big. I think this Miami team is the real deal. I am a huge fan of Isaiah Wong and Karen Augusti too. I think what's the kid's name? I think I forget. I think his last name is Moore. I think it's Charlie Moore. I think is the kid's name. He hit the game winning shot actually against Duke. It's just a team that plays fundamentally sound basketball. Also, they've been playing together for a while, so they're a bit older which is something that we said about this FSU team at the beginning of the year, that they're younger and they have yeah. to learn to play together and adjust to adjust the college ranks to play big boy basketball. And to me, this FSU team is starting to kind of understand that. And I am always of the belief that you never know what your dream, your dream, your team truly is until middle of January. And right now, middle of January, we're seeing this FSU team, you know, winning three in a row against a Miami, against an NC State against the Syracuse teams in the conference that we should be beaten as a new blood and hopefully potentially soon as a blue blood. The Duke right. game, I don't th- I don't think it's going to be as big of a blow as you think because I think it's a home game and talking to JJ and talking to other Duke, Duke uh, fans, every game at the Tuck is extremely close because it's a very difficult place to play thanks to you, the fan. So to me, this Miami game, I think we take two out of three. I do think we lose to Duke. I think the UNF game is going to be treated kind of as a not a scrimmage, but like a tune-up to actually go into the Miami game because I think those two are much more attainable for this team as a whole. And then after that, we kind of have easier teams in Georgia Tech, I think is one. And I think the other one, I think this escaped me right now, I think actually it's, uh, Virginia, it's Virginia, Tech. Virginia Tech, who is a very fraudulent team, in my personal opinion. Right. They are not a good team. We'll discuss that actually later this week when we just do tri- dunks, dribbles, and dimes. But I am actually very high on this team right now. After, you know, kind of being a little down on them because they couldn't make any damn shots. And now they're finally riding out to the form of the team that we thought they could be. Yeah. you're. So if we beat the hell out of Duke, you're going to hear from us before long. We're going to do a little dunks, dribbles, and dimes segment well before we get to the end of this week. Oh, but we'll be here. We're going to be massive trolls. <laughs> we'll, we'll be big on that front. But yeah, this it, it would be unfortunate if we were to end this week one and two. It's it's not something that's crazy unlikely, but it's not something that I think anybody would be accepting of. Like you can't give up the momentum we have. If if you want to make a tournament run, you want to be competitive in the ACC tournament, and you want to make the NCAA tournament. This this is a big stretch. This this is a big week. You can't go one and two this week. You just gotta find a way. You gotta find a way because you because that loss to South Carolina looks awful now the the loss to wake forest isn't as bad because this wake forest basketball team is very very damn good but the loss to carolina the loss to florida and the absolute drubbing by purdue that we saw is not going to look good when when we start doing bracketology but i do have faith in this basketball team and in coach ham to turn things around and i do expect us to you know record two out of three wins you know probably saturday or sunday hopefully we'll be able to drop that for you guys before the weekend is out or maybe we'll you know we get two out of three, and one of them is Duke. And you know what? I will take that with it, with everything that I can have. So if, if we beat Duke, we'll be back tomorrow. I'm just going to say that. We will be back tomorrow. So, Dave, you have any final thoughts, you know, basketball, football-related, anything to lead the, uh, send the folks home with? Yeah. We've got a big opportunity this, this week, folks. This is big. Like, 
people were feeling it last year. People were feeling it the year before about Florida State basketball. People were starting to be like, okay, well, we suck at football. At least there's basketball. I know some of you have fallen off that train. I'm not giving up. You shouldn't yet either. Leonard Hamilton's got us. Everybody relax. I'm with Dave. I'm with Dave on this one. That's what we'd start the, tri- the triple D's, you know, the dunks, dribbles, and dimes. That we are full, full support of Coach Ham, and we yeah. definitely believe he's going to be able to turn the ship around and you know, direct us right back to March Madness, right back to the Final 68. And I'm very excited to be there to that. And also, folks, thank you to you guys so much for the love and support. Don't forget, we listen to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. Don't forget to give us the five star reviews. Also, if you're watching this now on YouTube, as you can see your beautiful faces and my long beard that I definitely need to trim down, don't forget to hit the like button on this video, hit the subscribe banner up top, and ding the little bell so we never get any notifications you know when our new video does drop. And as always, please comment. We love you know hearing feedback. We love hearing things. And also, as always, you can see the theme. The theme was centered around your comments today. And trust us, we love fan engagement and fan you know, outreach. So with that being said, this was Drake. That was Dave. We'll see you all next time. Unlock on Sentinels, baby. Take care. <laughs> Kendall Bryles. <laughs>